Praise God. Amen. John chapter number one. John chapter number one. Beginning with verse number 25. John chapter one, verse number 25. Are y'all still giving in the back? I'm sorry, I'm just, I, I went too quick. Y'all have to catch up. John chapter one, verse 25. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then? If thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet. John answered them, saying, I baptize you, I baptize with water. But there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Praise God. Uh, uh, the phrase that, jumped, that just jumped off the page at me, um, and led me in this direction tonight and is kind of what we, uh, the direction we went in in the songs that we sang is in verse number 26. <clears throat> John answered them saying, I baptize with water. Watch this. But there standeth one among you whom ye know not. Then it goes on and tells us it was the next day that John looked at Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. So they're asking John why he baptizes the way he does. They're asking him about that. And he looks at them and he acknowledges to them and they don't realize the magnitude of what he's saying. He says, They're standing one among you whom you know not. He's saying, he's here and you don't even know it yet. He's here, he's among you, but you haven't realized it yet. He's here, he's already here. He's already here. You're just unaware that he's here. And there's that transition, here comes the transition point where John says, I must decrease, but he must increase. There was the changing of, of the forerunner of Christ to the anointed one. But it's, an in, it's interesting how, it, how John communicates it to them. And he says, there's one among you whom ye know not. I'm convinced that before miracles materialize in your life, they've already showed up. You're just not quite aware of it yet. There, I believe, and this is what just how what I felt impressed of the Holy Ghost today. 
is that there's miracles standing among us. We just haven't seen them yet. But there's coming a trans. I might not pre. I might not teach long tonight because I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I'm telling you, there's a there's a shift in the Holy Ghost that 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 Jesus was there. He was already there. He had already closed the door on his carpenter shop, and he was done with the carpentry. He was done with it. He had already shut that. That part of his life was done, and he's there among those men, possibly standing within earshot of John. And John tells him, there, there's, there's someone standing among you and you don't even know who he is yet. He is there incognito. He's there. His, his day just hasn't come yet. There was an appointed time and an appointed day. I, I've, I've heard uh, this said, you probably heard it as well. Uh, God, the way that God c- controls the time clock in, in, in life, in eternity is by withholding revelation. When God withholds revelation, he, he can put everything on his time clock. Uh, for example, it was about 400 years ago during or whenever the Reformation um, when it, it, was, it was not uh, acceptable for there to be pastors. Uh, the priests were the, the, the mediators uh, it, and it stems out of the Catholic Church and out of the Anglican Church. And then all of a sudden, there became there men that were called of God. They began to call themselves pastors. And they looked at them like they were crazy. Like, who, who do you think you are? Ooh. Who do you think you are? And then, and then, th- then we got used to it. And then it was about, it was about um, uh, 150 or 180 years ago that men started calling themselves evangelists. You see, when, when men were calling themselves pastors, it was, it was not proper or accepted for somebody to come along and say, I am an evangelist. They hadn't accepted it yet. There was a progression that God was reforming the fivefold ministry and bringing it out of that time period. And so it was 150, 180 years ago when evangelists, that was, that was if you said that, you were full of pride. You must have been full of pride if you're calling yourself an evangelist. Who do you think you are? Well, we've gotten past that, and so we, we accept, and somewhere in there, teacher um, has been accepted. So we, we have pastor, evangelist, and teacher. Those are accepted. And right now, in this point in history, right now, within probably the past five to ten years, we have come to the point where we are getting okay with prophet and apostle. If somebody called themselves a prophet, if they dare call themselves a prophet in the apostolic movement, not just in the United Pentecostal Church, but in the apostolic Pentecostal movement at large, if somebody called himself a prophet, oh, stay away from him. He's, he's a little full of himself. He's a little, and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But now we have come to this phase in history, right now, where, where God is bringing back or bringing together the fivefold ministry and in its entirety, and it's going, we're going to see, we're going to see the church, I mean, I feel angels in this place right now. We're going to see the church operate in the way that it did in the first century because we are coming to a place where prophet, apostle, pastor, evangelist, and teacher are going to operate in the church, and it's not going to be something, man, it's so it's so strong in here, that, that it's not going to be something that's taboo, it's not going to be something that's rejected, but it's going to be so that the prophet, and Brother Shelton was saying this the other day, it's going to be that there may there may come the time where a prophet shows up here unannounced, comes in the back door and says, I need the microphone. And he's going to have the authority to do it. 
where the apostle is going to show up and the, the apostle is going to give direction and the apostle is going to uh, ca uh, cast vision and whatever the apostle feels to do. But the fivefold ministry is coming back together right now in this point in time in history. I'm telling you, we are coming to the place where we're about to see when the fivefold ministry that, that got, man, I didn't intend to get on this tonight, that comes back together the way that it was in the New Testament, that's when we're going to see first century revival in, in the 2000s. It's going to operate. It's going to be powerful. Lift your hands right now and just love the Lord. I feel such a witness of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we want to be a part of revival in this last day. He call up. Do you feel what I feel in this place tonight? I feel a shift in the Holy Ghost. He I feel a shift in this city. He In the name of Jesus. That's all right, buddy. Come on down. This is the right place to be. Praise God. God's gonna do it. And and it's 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 a uh, it's it's a compliment from God that the Lord would send prophets and apostles here. Now, in case you didn't know it, our bishop is an apostle. Another apostle that God has sent through here is remember the Corbin. Brother Corbin is an apostle. My brother is an apostle. Yes. Not all missionaries are apostles, but I'm convinced that all apostles are going into places, uh, especially throughout the world. We, we call them missionaries, but a lot of those men on that little, that little map back there are apostles of God that he has sent into regions. I, I believe if he's not one already, he'll step into it. Brother Favors that was here with us. Brother Sister Favors a few weeks ago. Um, he's dropped behind enemy lines for five years. No, not a, not a, not one soul saved in in uh, the country that he is in. Uh, what, I'm forgetting the name of it off the top of my head. I wanted to say Lithuania, but that's not it. Um, Luxembourg, an apostle going into a region unknown and taking the gospel there and establishing apostolic order. Um, and, and we, God has, God has smiled upon us and, uh, because it's, it's, I'm telling you, you know, here's the deal with prophets. If everybody likes the prophet, that prophet ain't a prophet. When the prophet goes somewhere, it's like in the old Testament, have you come here peaceably or are, are, are you about to pull out the chainsaw and just go to work? That's what the prophet God called. It's not like that all the time, but it's that's what God uh, made the prophet to do. Uh, and there is there is a prophetic anointing that has been loosed in in the world. In just and 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 I'm telling you, there is there is a remnant of prophets. And and I now I'm just now I'm I'm off in left field right now. But y'all here and I got the mic, so just. Um, there are men that, and the Lord began to show this to me. There's men that that. I wondered, powerful men that are, that are pastors throughout North America. And I'm thinking to myself, I've heard these guys preach, I've heard a minister, I've been around them, and I'm thinking, why does nobody know who you are? I'm just, you know, another one of them is, is J. Todd Nichols. I'm thinking, why are you not preaching conferences and stuff? He, and, and he was one that I, that I, that I, uh, one of several that I knew of men that are throughout the nation, uh, that are prophetic. 
that fill the office of a prophet that may be cloaked in a pastor, but God has put a prophetic anointing on them. And what I begin to realize, and this isn't until the, probably the last six months, that there's men that I've ran into that I just that I just clicked with, and I would sit and I would talk to, and and uh, men that I got connected with, and I'm thinking, you're different. You're just why why are why doesn't anybody know who you are? And then as as I it began to kind of unfold, as the Lord began to show it to me, there are prophets that are scattered throughout the United States of America that people don't really know who they are right now. Right now. But there's coming a time where God's going to lift that covering. And prophets and apostles are going to be exposed like they never have been before. And there's going to be a movement. And, and, the, and the church is going to see a fulfillment that comes together. And, it, and it's going to be revival and explosive harvest like we have never seen before. Because for the, for the first time in hundreds, if over a thousand years, there will be order restored to the apostolic church. Brother, you've heard Brother Shelton say it probably more than on one occasion that he's gone to different places and the thing the Lord spoke to him probably 10 years ago, 15 years ago, something like that is, my house is not in order. And the Lord has sent him. Brother, the Lord uses Brother George Hurt very similar. He goes and he begins to set, when things get set in order, and there's apostolic authority and there is submission to authority. See, God does not move outside of his principles. He will not do it. He doesn't. And, and in order to hear the man of God, when a prophet comes in, when an apostle comes in, he doesn't come in to pat everybody on the back. He comes to set things in order. And if, and if we are surrendered and submitted to the plan and the voice of God, where there is authority and submission, there is a connection and an alignment with the Holy Ghost. And God is bringing that back together. We're seeing it now. We're at that point in time in history where we are seeing it right now. We are, we, we, you know, we, we've talked about and, and we've, you know, heard it all our lives that Jesus is coming back. But when you be, you know, I'm 37 now and, and live just long enough that I, you know, I've, I've, I can say I've heard it for about 30 years, but I've seen things in the past five or 10 years that I haven't seen the, the 20 years before that. That wasn't happening the 20 years before that. When somebody, you know what happened, what used to happen is somebody was declared a prophet if they operated in the gift of prophecy. If somebody went to a church and read people's mail, which, you know, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, that's, that is edifying and it builds up, but that's not the office of the prophet. The office of the prophet is different than the gift of prophecy. The prophecy will edify, it will strengthen, it will encourage. God will give somebody a word of knowledge about somebody. And what that does is that encourages, that strengthens that person, letting them know that God knows where they are. It may be a word of direction. Um, and somebody that doesn't know anything about them that comes in from, from wherever. And when some guys come through this church that operate in the gifts, I... I, I it's kind of awkward sometimes at dinner before church or whenever I I talk because I don't want to tell them nothing about nobody, anything that's going on. So conversation is somewhat limited. But so they can have the ability to do what God has sent them to do without being clouded by my conversation. Uh, but for a long time, and I remember when I was about 10 or 11 years old, maybe 9 or 10 years old, I, when 
uh, my family briefly lived in uh, South Alabama. Uh, we went to a church in Mobile, Alabama. And there was a guy that came through that church there that held a revival. And uh, he operated in word of knowledge and word of wisdom. And, uh, and it was guys like that. He was kind of like a traveling show. You know, he kind of, and it was, it was kind of turned into a like, people came out for the show. Okay, now was he, was he accurate at time, as far as I understand? Um, but there was a time period in where that was regarded as a prophet. He's a prophet. No, not necessarily. He's gifted. There's a difference between gifted and an office of, of the fivefold ministry. I digress. However, the fivefold ministry that God is bringing back together now, we are living in the last days. And, and, and I'm telling you, I, I am a card carrying member of the United Pentecostal Church. I was born and raised in it. Uh, you know, I pay my dues. I'm a part mainly because I want people to know where I stand doctrinally. And I, you know, when guys my age decide to not be licensed or whatever, it, it causes a lot of this. And I don't want to do any of that to my family or my brother or anybody like that. I'm a part of the United Pentecostal Church, but let me tell you, the revival that's coming is not going to be just UPCI, and and the UPCI is not going to be able to contain everything that God is doing. And I'll even this this ooh, I might get in trouble. Um, I, I, it is it is the it is the organization that believes the closest thing to what I believe and what I see in the Bible. Uh, I don't see I I own every single thing. However. Uh, there are, when, when end time revival really hits, there are going to be many men within the United Pentecostal Church that are involved in the revival, in the apostolic harvest. There's also going to be a circle or a sect that is kind of off in la-la land doing inspirational, sensational church and trying to entice people when there's a move of God that is coming. Um, and I'm, I'm friends, I, I have friends, you know, some that would say some are liberal, some are conservative, some are licensed, some aren't licensed. I'm, I'm friends with apostolic men. I have a very dear friend of mine that I went to Bible school with. He's not licensed with any organization that I am understanding of. He, he's actually in the Philippines right now and, uh, involved in missions work there. And, uh, I'm interested in being connected and hooked up with men that are apostolic, that believe the doctrine. I'm not just friends with people that hold cards in the UPC and uh, the UPC is one organization that has done more for world and global missions and if for any reason the UPC exists it is to send revival around the world worldwide and global and that's what we give to um, and that's worth giving to there's a lot of other piddly stuff, silly stuff that I don't get caught up in. I'll give, I want to give my money to global missions, to foreign missions. I want to be involved. I was just in Mexico, uh, part of a, a crusade down there, and power of God moved. I want to be involved in that kind of stuff, not silly little things that just waste your time. Um, but in this, in, this, in this time period that we are in, we saw that when there was transition in Scripture, it was like, one day, it was one thing. And then the next day, boom, it was the day. So in, in verse number 26, John answers said, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. So that day, 
Jesus is unknown, except for those that are from Nazareth. They know who he is. But who he is, as far as God manifested in the flesh, beginning his ministry, they don't know him. And then, in verse 29, the Bible says, the next day, the next day, when God gives a promise, there's a date on his calendar. We don't always know exactly when that date is, but there's a date on the calendar where one day it's he's among you, and then the next day, there he is. And if God has given anybody a promise, there does come a time where it's one day, okay, he's here. Don't see him yet, but it's something's about to happen. And then the next day, there he is, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And I'm going to tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now. <clears throat> I'm telling you right now, I feel like there is a, a within, within probably the next, I don't know, I feel like it's in the next, I feel like it could be before the end of this year that there's going to be a, 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 a gigantic shift in the spirit, in the landscape of the history of this church and what God is doing here and things that we're going to material, uh, see materialize because at one time, there he is, he's among, and this is what I feel, this is the only way I know how to say it, is that there are miracles amongst us, they just haven't materialized yet. But just like verse number 29 says, the next day, the next day, he looks at him and John exposes him for who he is. There's the Lamb of God. There he is. He's going to take away the sins of the world. And just like that, Jesus came out of anonymity. He came out of hiding. He came out of, 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 of nobody knowing him other than just the, the inhabitants of Nazareth and where he grew up. And from that moment on, he begins to go into a place where he's, he, goes, he, he is baptized by John, goes in the wilderness for 40 days, and then he comes out of the wilderness, the Bible says, in the power of the Spirit. There does come a day, and it's going to happen, and I, I, I felt it today. You know, there's for, for, for years and years, the the the. Uh, the the Trinitarian Charismatic Movement has been in the lights and in the spotlight for so long. And, 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 but let me tell you that the, the, the church world knows who the oneness apostolics are now. There was a day where they didn't really know us and those that did know us just kind of shoved us to the side. But I'm telling you, that day is shifting dramatically, dramatically. Uh, some of you, and this is, this is uh, some of you probably know this, there's an artist, uh, music artist by the name of Eddie James, um, most of you probably heard his name. He's one that he, he's written several songs that even we sing uh, the song uh, about living water. I've got a, uh, a river of living water. He wrote that. He wrote several songs that we sing. Anyway, he was at um, camp meeting in North Little Rock, Arkansas, at Brother Holmes Church. I'm not sure how many know who Brother Holmes Church is. Uh, it's First Pentecostal Church of North Little Rock. How many know who that is? Okay, if you don't look it up on YouTube, it's worth it's worth looking up. If there's ever been if there's ever been such thing as a Pentecostal cathedral, they built one there in North Little Rock. I mean, it it literally looks like a Pentecostal cathedral. Now, Brother Holmes is independent; he's not a part of any organization. His own personal his own personal uh, belief is he's anti-organization. I guess that's his soapbox. He's anti-organization. He's very very conservative. Very very conservative man. Uh, in regards to holiness and, and standards. and, and But I, I believe from what I heard, and I could be wrong, I heard it is the largest oneness Pentecostal church in America. Um, they're building, I don't know, they're building may seat four, five, six thousand, something like that. Um, 
but he went into North Little Rock, or I think it was his dad. There was there was the, the dad, then Brother Holmes, Bishop Holmes, and then now Pastor Holmes. Pastor Holmes is probably 42 or 43 years old. They have camp meeting in, in the summer there. Eddie James was there at camp meeting when Brother Tuttle preached. Apparently, Eddie James is really good friends with the Holmes. Now, Eddie James, from everything that I understand, believes uh, what a lot of mainstream Christianity believes as far as salvation, that is, Pray the sinner's prayer. Holy Ghost is extra, but you need to have it. Uh, baptism is not essential, and they baptize in the titles. Okay, that's kind of kind of standard across the board in a lot of a lot of mainstream Christianity circles. But here's the deal: Eddie James, who is who is known throughout the gospel music world, everybody knows who Eddie James is. Well, he knows who we are, and not only does he know who we are, he goes to our meetings probably saw some things pop up on Facebook where he saw videos of our youth congress and he wants to go to youth congress next time it's together. Um, just like that, God can turn the Trinitarian movement towards the eyes of God's people. Boom. I'm probably going to wind up going to, to a camp meeting in North Little Rock this coming summer. I think it's every July. Um, and uh, it, it attracts, matter of fact, my brother Holmes, even though he's independent and he's, you know, anti-organization, um, he still preaches a lot of our missionaries. My brothers preach there. Uh, brother Corbin's preached there. Brother Robinette. Um, a lot of our UPC missionaries, he preaches them, gives to them, blesses them. So he has his own little soapbox, but he... Uh, he loves our missionaries, and he's a part of the apostolic movement, gives to, to global missions, even through the UPC. Um, there's, a, there's like a collection, a hodgepodge of conservatives, you know, liberals, conservatives, middle of the road, UPC, WPF, which is Worldwide Pentecostal Fellowship, which is a break off of the UPC about uh, 15 years ago, uh, more of a conservative movement. Um, a lot, just everybody comes, everybody comes, and he's he's had kind of, the Lord has given him a way really to connect with everybody without, without, without letting down on what he believes. He doesn't make any apologies for his convictions. He doesn't make any apologies for, for what he believes. Nothing. But I'll tell you, there's a drawing of the Spirit of God there. And I'm, I'm saying all that to say that God, it, it, when, when God chooses to turn the light on, just like he did with Saul of Tarsus on his way to Damascus, when God says it's time, it's time for the light to come on. And people are going to begin to see who Jesus Christ is. They're going to begin to see the necessity of Jesus' name, baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. They're going to begin to see the necessity of holiness living on the inside and on the outside. It's going to, it's going to, the, the Lord's going to turn the eyes of the world towards the apostolic movement. There's coming a day where the apostolic movement is going to close the door of the carpenter shop for the last time. And it's going to be one day we're here, always been here, been here for a long time, been here since Azusa Street, but it's just kind of been growing and kind of building underneath, underneath the surface. And then at the right time, God's going to say, it's time, boom, and there's going to be revival and there's going to be harvest and the people that are ready and that are going to see, that are going to see the harvest that God is going to bring. It's going to be a harvest that God brings. It's not going to be a harvest that we enticed in or that we, that we sensationalized or that we marketed it just right and had the right slogan and had the right, all the right stuff to get everybody. No, it's going to be a move of the spirit of God when God turns on the light bulb. 
Let's lift our hands for a moment right now. Let's just loose that in Springfield in the name of Jesus. Lord, there are people that are hungry for truth in this city. There are people that are hungry for truth in our high schools and our college campuses. Lord, you're going to turn the light on in the name of Jesus. Lord, there's going to be great conversions in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Would you pray in the Holy Ghost right now? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All it takes is somebody like that for it to spread. You know, this is kind of, this may be kind of comical because it's a lot of comical stuff that surround the situation. But what was his name uh, that was married to Kardashian? Kanye, Kanye, Kanye. I, I believe, truly believe that what that little, that little phase that Kanye went through, he's kind of out of the media now. But the phase that he went through was showing the power of repentance. Now, he got hooked up with the wrong people. And apparently he still got issues, okay, whatever. But for that phase that he seemed to be really pursuing, at least while he was in the in the limelight, um, you know, according to scripture, you, before you jump into ministry, you have to be proven. Okay, that's that's New Testament scripture. Um, so there was a number of elements that were wrong with his kind of hiatus there for a little while. But I do one hundred percent believe he was sincere. And I do believe that, that people like him are sick of the world. They're sick of all the foolishness in Hollywood. It's empty. It's empty. We know it's empty. And, and all of the, the foolishness in the music world with all of the music that's put out uh, by artists even like himself before and all the guys that in the secular, uh, in the secular all the secular artists. Um, but when somebody repents, when somebody repents, it'll make you change. But there, there's, there's going to be people and there's going to be high profile people that God begins to talk to and he begins to speak to. He begins to convict them and they are hungry. And there's going to be a church that's ready, that's been ready and making themselves ready. And when, when the light bulb gets turned on, we're going to be expecting it because, as you know, for as long as I can remember in this church, there's been, a, there's been the message preached. There's revival and harvest coming. We're expecting it. God's going to pour it out. It's, what we, it's been the theme of who we are. It it is in the DNA of who we are, what we're hungry for. And it's, it's, it's people that like that throughout North America, throughout the world, that God's going to pour out revival and send them harvest because it's what we've been wanting. And there's people that are hungry, high-profile people, that all they got to do is get converted, and then they start preaching, boom. And they start telling people what they got and where they got it and what's true and what's fake. And boom, it just, it just takes a moment. It, just, it takes one share on Facebook from somebody or Twitter or, or Instagram or something from a high-profile person receiving the Holy Ghost and getting baptized in Jesus' name and talking about the power of the Spirit of God. And then all of a sudden, all of these followers 
Oh, it's, oh man, it's not an accident that some of these high-profile people have so many followers because what's going to happen is while right now, they're, while they're sharing uh, uh, ungodly stuff and while they're sharing selfish things and while they're sharing whatever, there's going to come a time where they start sharing the gospel. Boom. I just got the Holy Ghost. This thing is real. These people aren't crazy. These people aren't weird. I just got it. I got it for myself. And they just start, and man, boom, and revival starts happening. I'm telling you, we're just, we're just one day away. We're one shift away from from a giant move of the Holy Ghost. I felt something in my spirit all day today. It has been powerful. Hallelujah. I feel like there's, you know, there's, there's seasons, there's dry times. I'm, I'm way off my, my direction here tonight. But there's um, times where you feel like you're just plodding along, walking. But after 13 times of going around the walls of Jericho, one time each day for six days, and then on the seventh day, they finally made it to the finish line, and they shouted, and the walls fell. Praise God. Somebody say amen. Let's go to the same chapter. Let's go a few verses down. We're going to go to verse number 45, I believe it was. Is that what I got? Philip findeth Nathanael, saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses is the law, and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and saith of him, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip calleth, called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree. Believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now watch this here. He's, he's called Nathaniel. And he said, I, before you even knew I was here, I, called, I saw you under the fig tree. And he said, you're going to see greater things than these. You're about, something's about to shift. You're about to see uh, greater things than you've ever seen before. And then in verse 51, he, he makes a statement that if uh, you, probably a lot of you in the room recognize that it is somewhat familiar. He says, and the angels, uh, he said, verily I, verily I say unto you, hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now what's he talking about there or making reference to? Genesis 28 and 12. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. 
what is happening here is what they are about to witness goes back in time somewhere around 1,500 years. As Jacob has run, he lays down his head on a rock as a pillow and he dreams a dream. And in the dream, the angels of God are ascending and descending and he wakes up and he says, I wist not that the, that the presence of the Lord, that the presence of the Lord was in this place. The presence of the Lord is here and I knew it not. Bethel. The house of God and the gate of heaven. And so what Jesus is, 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 is telling them is something that has, that, that even happened a long time ago to Jacob, who is Israel represents the people of Israel. What started then is about to be fulfilled before your eyes. It wasn't just happenstance that it happened to Jacob, but that place called Bethel, where he laid his head down, Jesus comes along and says, you're about to see the angels of God. They knew exactly what he was referring to the house of God and the gate of heaven. It's when someday became that day. It's when the, the prophecies of the Messiah began to come to pass in their lifetime and they were going to see the people that were hearing him, Nathaniel and Philip, who had, who had been drawn to Jesus. They were in their lifetime about to witness what they had heard and learned in the synagogues as children, the prophecies of the Messiah coming that day became their day and the day that we're living in now I'm telling you we are living in the day where the fivefold ministry is coming back together where God is putting the pieces together like he never has before and I can tell you even today on this Tuesday that there has been a shift in the Holy Ghost and I believe in the history of this church that there's something we're going to begin to shift in the next few weeks next few months I don't know all I can tell you is what I feel in the Holy Ghost is that there's Miracles amongst us, they are just yet shy of manifesting themselves. It's like they're here sitting right beside us and they're going to begin to show themselves. They're going to be things that begin to happen that we have prayed for, that we have believed for. Miracles that are beyond. I, I just wouldn't be surprised if something didn't happen and, 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 and our, our uh, building fund account didn't hit seven figures here in just a little while and God begins to prove himself. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is. All I can tell you is I feel miracles. I feel an, an angelic activity. Activity. That is, I feel faith and a stirring of the Spirit of God. I don't know exactly what it looks like or how it is going to materialize. All I can tell you what I feel is there is a there is a wave of the miraculous that's about ready to hit that we're going to see God do things. And I feel right now that we are stepping in, not just in this time in the next few weeks or months, but in our lifetime. We are about ready to see a reforming of, of, the, of, of what God uh, originally intended for the church to be, the fivefold ministry and revival and when that happens we're going to begin to see God do things we've never seen him do before would you stand with me right now and lift up your voice unto the Lord together in the name of Jesus Lord, we receive what you have for us. God, we're going to walk in miracles. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, you're going to give us favor with God and man. I lose faith upon the people of God. In the name of Jesus. 
I lose faith in the name of Jesus, the gift of faith to begin to operate in your people. In the name of Jesus, we're going to step into the gifts of the Spirit and be in favor with God and man in the name of Jesus. God, I'm expecting miracles. I'm expecting miracles. I'm expecting the miraculous to begin to take place in this congregation. I'm expecting the miraculous to begin to take place in households and in families and in individuals' lives. In the name of Jesus, today is the day. Now is the time. In the name of Jesus, would you love him right now? If you need a miracle from God, if you need God to do something miraculous in your life, why don't you begin to praise him and claim whatever that is in the name of Jesus. God, I'm expecting it. God, I'm expecting it. God, I've got my eyes open. I'm waiting for it. I'm, 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 I'm believing you're going to do it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you gather with me around the front tonight? Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I feel an ap- like an apostolic sending forth is taking place in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, God's given me a word for this weekend. I, I would, I, I, I want everybody, 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 say everybody, get here for prayer early uh, 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 Sunday morning. Let's get on the. I preach. I don't know if y'all remember it or not. I may need to preach it again. We, we. Here's our, our, our problem a lot in Pentecost is we go to the altar last when in, 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 in biblical. Uh, uh, order. That's the first thing we're supposed to do. Let's come get on the altar first. And uh, that's the first step of God's process. Praise God. Let's come and pray. Let's get on the altar. I'm telling you, there's going to be a release of faith in here on Sunday morning. And there's going to be, there's going to be something that transpires. I'm telling you, God has given me a word for Sunday night. I, I believe it's Sunday morning. It's going to be more broad for everybody. It's going to touch everybody. It's going to touch sinners and saints. Sunday night's going to be a little more for us chickens, all right? But there's going to be something that God's going to impart into our spirit. I'm telling you, I'm not trying to be hyperbole. I'm not trying to be evangelistic. It has the potential to change us forever, for the rest of our life in this city. Sunday night. Uh, hallelujah. I'm, 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 I'm hungry for the real thing. I'm, I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of going through the motions. I'm tired of it. I am tired of it. I am, I'm, I, uh, we, we need an apostolic explosion of the Holy Ghost that, that gets us out of our routine, that leaves me different, where my DNA changes. God and uh, the, uh, your pastor's wife got, got everybody, everybody down here when she led worship the other Sunday morning. And uh, we, we're, there's some culture changes that God's going to do, do in us because culture will destroy vision every day of the week doesn't matter what the vision is. If our culture is not ready to do what the vision says, culture will win every time. God wants to change our DNA. That's another way of saying he wants to change our culture. If we are not cultured for harvest, doesn't matter how much we preach it, scream it, spit it, 
roll around on the floor. If, it's, if, if, if our culture is not there, if we don't have the culture for it, it won't happen. God's written, get ready to do some culture change. Culture change to where we're not the same people. We're not the same. We're not the same. We, we, we use that so much that we, sometimes it sounds so cliche, but that's what we need. God's going to speak some things to us. It's, the Lord's been just working me over, working me over, working me over. Hallelujah. I'm just going to convey what the Holy Ghost has for us. Let's lift our hands one more time to the Lord right now. Let's love him. Reach over, grab somebody by the hand, minister to them. Put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Let's pray for somebody right now in the name of Jesus. Let there be an impartation of faith in the name of Jesus with somebody right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. He so lift your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost. There's a, there's a spirit of intercession in this place right now. There's a witness of the Holy Ghost.